What's up, guys? Welcome to The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, fitness, and the daily grind and what it takes to earn success. I'm your host, Eric Van Workham, and today we're going to have on a special guest in Loophold Optics CEO, Bruce Pettit. Man, well, thanks for joining me. I know you're busy, especially Monday. Mondays aren't the, you know, necessarily the most exciting day of the week. <laughs> no, a little challenging. I just got back yesterday from uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. They have their country Christmas deal down in Vegas. So I was out at that. We have a booth there and was doing that deal. So I am back in town and in the factory. Heck yeah. How was the, did you, did you get to check out the NFR then? I did. Yeah, it was awesome. It's always a good time. There, it was, uh, it was crowded. There were people there and felt a little bit like normal other than, you know, masks in the casino and all that stuff that was going on, but that's to be expected. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I wanted to, I wanted to first off, thank you for joining. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, you being a CEO, some of your powerless things that you do every day, and then also kind of touch about touch on this Made in America stuff, and then we're going to have a little bit of fun and uh, ask you a little bit of Q&A stuff, All right. if that works for you. I'm up for whatever you want to do, man. Okay. I, so uh, Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things to, in this day and age, especially with what's gone on with COVID, is this Made in America play. And for me, coming from a guy, my first ever rifle sc- scope, no BS, was a three by nine. Yep. Gold ring. I mean, no lie. That that was my very first ever rifle scope. And in any optic of any kind. And I saved. I milk. I grew up on a dairy farm, milk cows. I made five dollars in milking. Okay. And I started milking cows from the time I was five years old all the way up until I uh, until I eighteen graduated high school. And it took me two three months to save up all my money to buy this stainless stainless scope. What was the what was the first ever line? The uh, VX3. Now, before the VX3, I mean, we've been making rifle scopes here in Oregon for over 70 years. So you have old, old scopes that were the first ones to ever come out, which are like, you know, Pioneer and Alaskan. And it went on through. There's a number of different names um, of different scopes over the years that we manufactured. Um, eventually, it got into the Very X line, which was, was Very incredibly popular. Yeah, the yep. Very X line, which was really the beginning of... Um, you know, the, the variable optics, right? right? So now you can do a three by nine or, you know, uh, you go on down the line, three to 18, whatever it is. And so that was, uh, that was the start of that, of that product to come. And, and there's a lot of people that have your story, Eric, that, you know, I mean, it was, I, I've talked to uh, a number of different people. I remember hearing Trace Atkins talk about a story that, you know, he was always w- wanting to have a loophole and having to save up for it. And I, I just heard different, different folks out there talk about you know, how important it was to be able to, to get that gold ring. So that's right. cool to hear you say that because, you know, it's been, uh, that's one of the great things about the brand is it's been a part of people's hunting heritage in their family. And yeah. the fact that we guarantee them for life, right. You know, so it, it stays in their family, yeah. you know, and I, I love that aspect of, yeah. of, of, of being a part of people's hunting heritage. Yeah. And a little old country story. I don't know if you're familiar with this. I, I know that Colin reps out here, so you might know the store, but Smith and Edwards, put it on layaway at Smith and Edwards. <laughs> right there in northern that's utah great. yeah that's great yeah. i love it a little 40 50 payments until i could pay for that thing in full that's fantastic yeah i love that yeah it's, it's, a, love it's, that. A, it's a pretty neat story so um I, I say that to say this and to set up this conversation for the supply chain management issues and how that's benefited loophole of having everything that goes on top of a rifle is made in america correct yeah any any optic that you're going to mount on any firearm of any type whether it's a handgun whether it's a bolt action rifle whether it's a AR, 
has to come out of this factory. So we make, we make that product here in this factory. Um, it's really important to us. No one else does that. We are 100% unique. There's no one even close actually. And so, you know, it's a hard thing to do, right? And you yeah. take a Mark V, for example, and there's, you know, 220 parts in that thing. And so we got to take that and we got to, we, we manufacture the majority of those parts. We bring it all together and then we guarantee it for life. And it's got to work underwater and it's got to work in, you know, an absolute perfect optical quality. And so it's a, it's a big, I understand why other people don't do it because it's really, really hard to do. Yeah. Um, but it, it, is a, it is a huge differentiator for us. If you want to buy an American, you know, an, a, a rifle scope that's made in America, you got to buy a loophole. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what's so cool about it, right? Now, yeah. how's that helped you guys be able to produce produce optics in times of the pandemic, right? So there's a lot of these other companies who produce and manufacture their product overseas. They experienced long delays, um, issues fulfilling uh, dealer orders and so on and so forth. How has that been different for you if it has? Well, in, in 2021, and obviously we're right here at year end in December, we will manufacture more rifle scopes in this factory than we ever have in the history of the company. So, uh, and we've done that. Now we, we have challenges. I want to be honest because remember, we still have to get raw materials. Right. Okay, so even though we don't source our rifle scopes out of Asia, uh, like our competitors do, the reality of it is, is we have, you know, raw materials, um, aluminum, glass, things like that, that we have to be able to get and get a hold of. So we've had our challenges. I, I, what I would say is, the big advantage is it's only on the raw material side. It's not necessarily on a finished product, right? So we've been able to control that. The other thing is doing it as long as we have and with the reputation we have with our suppliers, they have, you know, they've put us at the top of the list. And, and we, we talked to them, you know, throughout the last, you know, 18 months or 19 months, 20 months, whatever we are going into this now. Um, we've had constant communication with our suppliers. And a lot of it was centered around in the beginning, you know, Eric, is that if you look at the U.S. Army, for example, I mean, all the way at the top with CAG, which many people know as Delta, to you know every kind of layer of of you know whether it's Green Berets, whether it's Rangers, you know we we are the dominant optic there, and so we were really just pleading with, and, and of course what we do in terms of law enforcement, and and we have a number of different contracts that that uh, for our long range optics that we wanted to make sure that we were supplying them. We knew that was critical. And so you got to first get it in the hands of the warfighters, make sure they have it. And so we took care of that right away. In fact, we dedicated more of our, our production space to make sure we were meeting our obligations to our warfighters. And then That's from awesome. there, yeah. And then from there, it's just been our, our suppliers working with us to make sure that we stay in stock and, and that we are getting the raw materials to be able to put those aluminum bars in our, in our machines and make the equipment. Yeah. It's, it, it's worked out for us. I think that that is has to do with having a great team. Yeah. You know, here at Loophole Loop and Stevens, but also how you treat your suppliers. Yeah. I was you know? just going mean, to say relationships, relationships, yeah. relationships. When I was hearing you yeah. say that, if you didn't have a good relationship with those guys, you wouldn't be able to coordinate that no kind of stuff. No way. And, and we're, you know, we're a family owned business and we try to treat, you know, our employees like family. We, we treat, we try to treat our suppliers like family. And, and what, what happens is when you do that and, and you're thoughtful about it, they come through for you. And that's what's happened for us. And I, I don't know, I'm going to knock on wood right here and make sure that, you know, I don't jinx this for 2022, but um, certainly in 2021, we were, now look, we're still behind. So I know there's, there's consumers yeah. out there, they're going to hear this and they're going to go, well, wow, yeah, I can't find this or I can't get that. I, I get it. But I can tell you, we made more rifle scopes this year than we ever have in the history of the company. And we're going to continue to press, press forward in 2022 to meet that demand. What do you think that is? What do you think that demand stemmed from? Is that from people getting out in the outdoors more? Is that more people... Uh, realizing that uh, while well, loopholes top notch when it comes to 
optics and, and all things globally optic wise, or, or do you think it's a combination of everything? Do you think it's good partners and good marketing? I, I know that, you know, as a CEO comes in, you've been a CEO for how long now? At, uh, at eight Loophold. Years. Eight years. Yeah, eight, eight years at Loophold. It takes years. about yep. five years to kind of get a CEO's plan together until you start experiencing the fruits of your labor. I mean, what could you say about that? Well, I, I'll answer your first question, which is why do I think we've, we've had kind of this demand? I, I, think, it's a com- I think it's a combination. You, you hinted at a lot of them. I, I think we saw, um, you know, the, the consumer kind of change their lifestyle and it happened. It wasn't like it happened for a month, right? This thing has gone on for a long time. And, and so what happened is people made some lifestyle choices to get back in the outdoors. And so it wasn't only in, you know, the hunting industry, but you saw it in fishing and you saw it in kayaking and everything else, right? And, and I think that, that that's, that's a good thing for us as an American brand and what we do and, and getting people back in the outdoors. So I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of men and women out there that discovered the sport new uh, as far as hunting and shooting. But I also think there's a lot of, of guys out there and you know, them. you have friends like this cause I do too. Of uh, they, they did hunt or they used to hunt and they just haven't been doing it late. All of a sudden they're like reactivated in a huge way. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, for a sport like hunting as an example, where you hadn't had really much growth at all for a decade. Right. Um, what happened is we got 16% growth last year, Yeah. you know? And so in 2020, and it's grown again in 2021. So I think people invested money in this new lifestyle and what they're doing. I think some, as, as COVID goes away eventually, some may, you know, fall off again and, and start going to Cabo again or whatever they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the reality is we've got a lot of new entrants, both from new hunters to people that were reactivated that I think helped it. Now, what I would say is in our case, I, I think the, the, you know, it's taken, you make a great point is it takes a long time. We have really revamped our entire product line in the last eight years. Yeah. Um, if you look at our logo changed, right. We went yeah. back to the radical logo that is, you know, so that we, I mean, we, we were the first ones to use it. Um, you know, the, the, a logo that like we have, and why, why wouldn't you use that? We had, you know, something else going on. So we, we really came back and looked at, at, uh, at the, the duplex le- logo and the stuff that we're doing. It's making sure that we were giving the brand the right kind of, of space that needed to be in, in the marketplace and it's worked for us. And so I think it's a combination of great product line. Um, I think be relentless. It, it resonates with all of us who are hunters yeah, and shooters absolutely. and it, it, it re- resonates in our factory. It's not a, it's not a marketing thing for us. It's yeah. actually a platform. We talk about, you know, relentless manufacturing and we talk about, you know, those kind of things that, that we, that we focus on. And so I think you take a combination of the market getting better. Um, certainly, you know, we had some benefit from all of the unrest that was going on in the country and people buying, you know, more firearms and mm-hmm. that helped. Uh, but I really think it comes down to making great product yeah. and delivering it to consumers because yeah, we're, we're a little more expensive than some of our competitors, but you know what? We're the best value. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you you get a VX5 and you're never going back. I mean, that thing is absolutely a tremendous value. And so we focus on that. Of, yeah, we're a premium brand, but we want to make sure that we deliver more value than what other people do at lower price points or anybody at, at higher price points. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, you just you just touched on something there. Um, you said be relentless. That's I mean, I think that's that's a big deal for me. Right. And, and when I choose on, on folks that I want to partner with or work with. I look at some of those core values and, and some of those things that, uh, mar- and you, call, you you said it's not marketing, it's what? Sorry, repeat that. It's a platform. It's, it's a platform. It's a, it's, yeah, it's just our, it's the way we do business, right? Yeah, it's the way you do business. So yeah. when I'm when I'm doing my daily, whether that's raising kids, obviously you know I have four young kids at home, or, yeah, or going to the yeah. gym or grinding out on these DIY insane backcountry hunts, whether I'm in Kyrgyzstan or here in the U.S., that goes through my mind. 
be relentless goes through my mind. And then I immediately think a loophole and, and who I am and my core values and, and remind myself when things are hard, be relentless. Cause, and it feels good when you, when you do that too, when you accomplish something, when yeah. you go and you work your guts out. And I don't, I don't know. I, I, I thought I'd share that with you because that's, that's something that comes to my mind and not just because, you know, I, I, I know the folks at loophole, but that's, that's who I am. Yeah. I think that, I think you, you nailed it, Eric. I mean, that's why you're, you know, that you're, you know, kind of a part of our crew and, and pro team and the stuff that we do, because if you look at any of us, any of us who've hunted a lot, you know, I've been very fortunate in my life and I've been able to hunt a lot in a lot of different situations. And I've, I've, I've met with a lot of different hardcore hunters from Jim Shockey to Cam Haynes to Randy Newberger, Newberg to yourself, to you go on down the line, Mark Drury, I, I, Fred Eichler. I mean, is they all have one thing in common. There's nothing that gets be, between them and, 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 and killing that animal. I'm just going to say yeah. it the way it is. That, that's what they're focused on. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the stuff just doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, I've got to do this. this is, I'm yeah. going to be relentless until this happens. Yep. And they're all different types of hunters and the way they do it. But they are so obsessed with just yeah. being relentless in what they do. And I think, you know, those people who, who want to be at the top of, of, of their game and do the kind of things that you do, they have to have that mindset. Yeah. And, and, and it resonates. And I hope that every hunter out there aspires to be relentless, that yeah. they're in that journey yep. to get there. So I'm smiling ear cool, to ear man. because that, that's who I am. I, I'm just, <laughs> it, gives me, it gives me chills talking about it, man. I mean, I, yeah. I love it. I, I, it's, it's awesome. So. Yeah. It's, it's part of my ethos too. So that, that's, that's pretty neat that a platform slash, I mean, others will see it as a marketing campaign. You guys see it internally as a, a platform, but that the way that's resonating, that's pretty special. That's pretty special. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So I wanted to ask you this. What is, what, what is a part of your daily power list that you do as a CEO of a company as big as Lupo? Have you thought well, about I, that I or is there something, you, or is yeah, it something I mean, that you, I, I have a way of kind of operating that I've done for a long time. And, and so, uh, I don't know that's right for, for anyone else. I mean, I always joke with our board of directors that I, I get paid for my personality defects because <laughs> I want to do things that other people won't do, I guess. But, you know, I mean, generally my day, it, it, it's, it's, first of all, I would say, Eric, it's, it's, it's a great question. and It's different every day um, because what I have to focus on is what's the most important thing at every given moment. That, that, and that's, if you think about that, that's how I go wow. about my day. You know, gen, generally what I'll do is I'll wake up and I immediately will, you know, I get a cup of coffee. I'm a coffee achiever. And I, I start kind of looking through my emails and whatever else I'm going to try to get stuff off my list, get little things off my list that I can for that day and, and start to plan. Um, and then I work out before I yeah. come into the office. You know, that's something I try to do every single day if I can. Yeah. Um, I'm 56 years old and I got to do it a lot more now. I got to make sure I'm consistent or I start falling apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's coming, buddy. Um, <laughs> I know. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but actually, as it relates to, you know, what, what I do every day, you know, I, I have to deal with every aspect of the business, whether it's finance, whether it's uh, production, manufacturing, whether it's new product development, engineering, whether it's marketing, sales, um, you know, human resources and taking care of the culture that we have in our people. Yeah. And so as I look at that, I really sit down and say, okay, what is, what is absolutely the most important thing? I can't do everything. No. And I have, a gr I have a great team. So the first thing I do is make sure my great team is taken care of and that yeah. they have Smart. the tools they need to do their job. But secondarily, then I look and say, okay, if, if today we're going to make some big decisions as it relates to you know, financial planning or what we're doing with the business going forward or, ca or allocation of capital, whatever it is, that's what I'm going to spend my time on. As an example, before I got on this call, I, I just had a call with our, our year-end call with our board of directors. So nice. um, 
I literally spent an hour and 15 minutes right before I came in here, you know, working with them, talking about what 2022 is going to going to look like now that we've, we've gotten through a full year, what our results for, for 2021 and what are the big investments that we're going to make in the business to drive it forward. And Impressive. it just never stops. Yeah, yeah. It's just a constant, constant thing. And, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll go from here and I've got a meeting with our, uh, our, our senior manager of marketing, you know, after this to talk about, um, you know, key things we have going on as it relates to marketing the brand. So it just depends on, on what that day uh, uh, kind of, kind of holds is how I go after it. The most important thing in any given moment. That's, that's pretty yep. deep, man. I, I don't know that I was <laughs> you know, expecting that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got that, I got that, uh, I got that from a, from a, uh, a sports camp that I went to as a kid. Oh, really? I was a pretty good, ba- a pretty good basketball football player. And I went to a sports camp and uh, it was a really cool camp. Um, and in, at night we had, we had these, the, they had like these classrooms that you'd go into uh-huh. and they'd have these high school and college coaches come in and I, I probably went, I guess I went from probably seventh grade till I was sophomore, junior in high school, went, went to this, this, kind of, this camp. And I remember one coach saying, do the most productive thing at every given moment. Yeah, that's, that's and, powerful. And I thought, to my, yeah, I thought to myself, yeah, that's a really good thing. And I've never let that go, honestly. I mean, yeah. that's, that's been something that's been important to me is if you're, if you're doing that, you know, now look, sometimes the most impro- productive thing is getting some sleep. Yeah. Sometimes the most productive thing is is making sure you spend quality time with your kids yep. and your family. I got grandkids now, as you know, and so yeah. I, I, any chance I get to be with them, I love that. And so, or, or, you, or, or maybe most importantly, your spouse yeah. um, is spending quality time there. So that that can be the most productive thing. Yeah. Um, so it's just all how you how you go after it. No, thanks for sharing with me. I think that's something that's going to be sticking with me for a long time. <laughs> Heck cool. yeah. Okay. Nurturing employees. You talked about making investments or allocating budgets. How do you nurture your employees? Because you, as you said, you can't do everything. So how do you no, train up I, these employees without, you know, maybe being too hard on them or being too lax with them how, and educating them and into the people that you need them to become? It's all about developing a culture in the organization. When you have, you know, we have 700 and some employees, so I, I can't meet with every employee all the time. And, and there's no way. And so the reality is what you have to do is you got to have very strong leaders. Okay. You got to, you got to make sure we've changed every, every major senior leader, but one in the eight years that I've been here. And we did a lot of that early on and it's painful, um, but you got to get a great team together. And, and we have a great team here all the way through. We have really, really great team members that, that get it done. But most importantly, you and your leadership team have to support a culture yeah. that is, is high performance. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know, the culture takes care of that. And actually, in my opinion, culture is more important than strategy. Strategy is really important. Right. It's really important. But if you don't have the culture, the engine, you know, that's the, that's really the gas to, to, to fuel it. You won't get there. And so we talk about, look, we are, we're a family owned business. We have a lot of family members that work here. I mean, we have, you know, husbands and wives, we have, you know, mothers and daughters, you go on to lots of cousins and all that kind of thing. And I think that's a really, you know, sometimes it's frowned upon, but for us, it's pretty cool because we have that family atmosphere, but at the same time, you have to have a high performance culture. So, so if your family's like mine, I mean, there's no one that calls you to the mat quicker than your own family. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you know, so, so having instilling in that high performance piece that we, we're in this together and we got to get it done, I think is what, what, what really gives the, gives the ability for us to execute on the strategy. And so doing that is, is it takes time and you got to spend time on the culture. You got to train your folks. You got, they got to know they're respected every single, every single, full-time team member at Loophold and Stevens is part of our profit share program. Yeah. Every single one of them, doesn't matter where you work in this company, 
All 700 plus full-time employees share in the success of the business. Which and means they're going to care, right? Good. They're going to care more. They do care. Yeah, yeah. They, they do care. But you still have to provide an environment that they come into yeah. passionate about. And, you know, I talk about it all the time. And we have a ton of, as you know, a ton of hardcore hunters in this business and yeah. in, in this building. But I don't, I, my expectation, I know there's no way that all 700 are going to be hardcore hunters and shooters. Right. And that's okay. But, but, my, but my expectation is that they're passionate about, and I think it's my job to make sure that they're passionate about making incredible quality products. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're going to work 10 hours a day, 12, eight, whatever it is, the reality is if you can have pride, you know, I tell them you are making the absolute best product in the world. You should have pride in that. Yeah, definitely. That's something other people don't get to do every day. Right. And I think it helps. Yeah. No, that's cool. So high performance, will you further define that? Is that um, long hours or is that uh, being really good at maybe two or three specific things where they're they're the best at it. I mean, what what is high performance to you? Focus on getting results. Okay. I, I'm, Whatever I'm those about results are. I'm, I'm about peak performance. Yeah. I, I think focus on executing the strategy to get to the results and doing it in an ethical way. I, I, I think that's it. And I think that, you know, different people in, in organizations work differently. There are certain jobs where you have to show up at eight and you don't leave till five, right? Mm -hmm. That's the way it works because you're either working a piece of equipment or you're you know, it, it, it's different. Now, I can tell you this, when it comes to our, we have an in-house creative. So we do all of our advertising, marketing, you know, you're in a little studio right now where we do some podcasts or we'll do some videos. And, and um, I, I don't think it's fair to say, I, I mean, I know one thing about great creatives and marketers in general. I'll just use them as an example versus the shop that has to have a daily regimen. I think they have to make great, you know, great creative. And sometimes it's going to require them to work different hours and do different things. The only thing that, I, that, that is key to me is if we have a deadline, if 1221 is a deadline, right. you hit that deadline right. with incredibly high quality work. Yeah. And so I, I think an organization is, you know, it, it just, it depends on the job. It depends on what they're doing. I don't think it's about, you got to be, I don't want anybody sitting at their desk if they don't have anything to do. I want them going out and doing something more positive for them as a, as a human being. Right. Well, that's good that you understand that some people work differently. They may, they may their best yeah. hours might be two to 4 a.m. That's right. um, and, and they might Absolutely. not show up till 11 o'clock. That, that's right. As long as they get it done on it, time. Yeah. As long as they HR, get it done. My HR people are going to kill me for saying this, but as, <laughs> long as, they get, as long as they get it done on time, that's what I care about the most. Yeah. That's what you care about the most. And then results, results, results. Cause I mean that ultimately that's yeah. how you're being measured from the board of directors. You got to answer to these people and you've got to have results. hundred percent. Yeah. It's hundred percent. Mine's real simple. It's either I've created more shareholder value than the day I stepped in the door or, or less. And if it's less, I can tell you what I'll, I won't be doing this for much longer. It's got to be more. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be more. Okay, I, I understand that. <laughs> back to one <laughs> of the powerless things you said, fitness. You mentioned you're 56 years old. You do the fitness every single day. For me, if I don't go to the gym, I'm starting my day bad. Uh, my, my wife, we're, we're pretty Christian. My wife's like, hey, we, we want to keep Sunday to, you know, yep. not do an activity. And I, I got to go do something gym-wise, like to get to make sure I'm feeling good that day. It just puts me in a, I'm just not, I just don't feel good. So I'm curious. Yeah, what I, I, I'm the same way. I mean, it's way. a mental thing, right? You yeah, just, maybe yeah, yeah, it's I mental. Mean, but but it, look it, good, it, feel good. I mean, so what do you do? What, what What's kind of your regimen there? I, I changed it over time. I used to run a lot more than I do now. Um, and it's just, it, it kind of beat me up a little bit. So I, I used to, you know, every morning would start with a run. And then I kind of did the lift thing separate. And I've switched that around to incorporating more now. What I do is I, I've just found for me at where I'm at is I have to do strength. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and, and so whether it's lunges, step ups, squats, that kind of stuff is real important to me to be able to, cause, cause ultimately what I'm really doing this for is to be able to hunt. I right. mean, that's, that's, that's what it is for me. And I don't want to be, you know, where I can't, where I have to say no to a hunt, um, or, or to going somewhere. And so, and I'm not Cam Haynes or, or like that, you know, those guys out there that their fitness level is insane and, and I'm impressed by it. And they're over 52, by the way. Um, but mine is really just, you know, making sure that, that I'm stretching and that I'm, I'm making sure to incorporate weights into what I'm doing. I do TRX a lot, that kind oh, of good. thing. And then, and then I got, and then I, then I try to run and, and also throw a pack on and get going up, up and down, up and down with a pack on. And I found that that mixture for me is, has been the best. Um, and it's working pretty well, but I got work to do still. Yeah. Good for you. No, yeah. you Especially oh. after Thanksgiving, man. <laughs> no, no, you look great, man. You look great. So keep, keep up that work there. Um, you know, Colin, your son was telling me about a, uh, something that you pulled off this fall recently. And I actually was playing phone tag with him a little bit because I was going to ask him and pick his brain on that again. It's something about <laughs> shooting a rooster and, and tying a fly. Can you t- tell me a little bit of, tell me a little bit about what that is. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a, uh, it's kind of something that I've been wanting to do for, I guess, I, I think in 1998 is the first time that I ever started talking about it. I, I was, I, I've always had gun dogs. And at one point I, I really wanted to get a, uh, a, a lab out of England. Cause I was just so impressed with the ones that I'd seen here in the States about just how you know quiet in the kennel they were and how great noses and just easy, good family dogs. And so, at that time, I was I was working and doing a lot of international travel, and I had an opportunity to go through the UK when the game fair was going on. Okay. And and so I did it, and I went and I ended up meeting this guy who was the top. I just you know went to the I, I found the guy who was the captain of the the British uh, international gun dog team. Oh wow! And he, they were competing there, so I just went up and started talking to him. You know, as this crazy American, I guess, and <laughs> just. I eventually became friends with him. I ended up buying a dog from him and, you know, getting pups and stuff like that. But anyway, the net of it is, is that his son had actually competed this, completed this thing called a McNabb. That's right, McNabb. Yeah, McNabb. In Scottish tradition, a lot of people know what it is, but in Scottish tradition, basically what it is, is that in one day, so from, from, from sunrise to sunset, you, you essentially harvest a buck, right? You kill a buck, you, you, you kill a brace of, of grouse in is what it is there so in their case it would be a stag or a robot probably okay. and then uh, then a brace of grouse so two grouse is what that would be and then uh you take the hair from the buck and the feathers from the from the grouse and you tie it and and you go catch a, a trout with it <laughs> oh dude that yeah. is so cool yeah and you gotta do it on the same day and so my thing was i always wanted to do it with dogs that were my dogs right dogs yeah. that, that 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 were were my gun dogs and not somebody else's. I wanted to make sure it was all wild, you know, and so right. I want going on some estate or whatever. And I, I, uh, I just hadn't had a chance to do it, Eric. So real quick, I, I did it this year. I, I, I tried it in Oregon here. I mean, I love the state of Oregon. It's such a great hunting state. We take a lot of, a lot of, uh, crap for what goes on in Portland, but man, <laughs> we got some great hunters and shooters in this, in this state. Absolutely. They are some of the best in the world. It's a great, great environment. But anyway, I drew a tag over in this unit in Eastern Colorado called desolation unit. And last year when I was over there, I'd noticed a bunch of chucker partridge and quail. And so I thought, you know what? And then it's on the, the uh, John Day River. It's on the, uh, be the middle fork of the John Day. Okay. And so, so I had a couple, I, I thought, you know what? This would be the time to do it. So I drew a tag for desolation this year. I went in, I killed a buck. 
Um, you had to get it early, right? So I found a really, actually, right. I'll show you a picture of the buck sometime, but it's a really cool fork and horn. Oh, nice. He'd been, yeah, he'd been around last year and we had, no one had killed him. I'm like, I'm going to kill that for you. If I see him, I tell him, sure enough, and, and made a shot on him, was able to kill him, get him taken care of, got him, did everything I had to do, uh, got him hung, and then grabbed my, one of my dogs, went up and tried to hunt Chucker on the top of this mountain. So it took me a while to get up there because they, they get up high and they're Oh, yeah, like, that's a lot of work. You've hunted them, it's, it's real work. And so they were gone, though. I guess what, what basically happened is the weather changed and it, it was a lot drier. So I was unsuccessful there. So now I'm stressing. I grab my other dog. I start to go after quail in a different area. I kill two quail. Oh, wow. Sit down, start tying. I tied six flies. And the John Day River was really thin. It was really low. So um, right about 20 minutes before, uh, before sunset, I, I caught a trout. Oh, my nothing. gosh, man. Yeah, so I got it done. It was pretty cool. That is Not pretty a big cool. deal. I'm sure a lot of people could do it. But I'm just for me, it was a pretty cool thing. No, that, that's pretty cool, man. And just, yeah. just when Colin told me that story, I'm like, man, Bruce is motivated. He's got goals. <laughs> he's, he sets them. That's, that's impressive. It, it yeah, really is. Who you. was there to experience it with you? So I had a cameraman. I filmed it. And so, so we may, we're going to make a, a short film out of it. So uh, a cameraman. Cool. And then I had uh, one of my friends that owns a lot of property over there, property I was hunting on. That's cool. Uh, was there as well. So well, that took yeah. a little bit of planning then and, and then execution. It's more than you think, right? You oh, think yeah. about all the stuff. Like when I was getting ready for it, you know, my wife was teasing me. She, Tracy's like, you have been like putting gear out for months for this. I said, I, I said, a lot, you know, I'm trying to stage it because I'm doing it out of my truck, right? You got everything out of your truck. You got to have your dogs ready. You got all the stuff you need for them. You got to have, yeah. So yeah. There's, there's a lot there. Yeah. Mini, you have your own little mobile fly tying kit. Oh yeah. That, that, that's yeah. pretty neat, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, thank you. So with all that you have going on, how do you mitigate stress? That's one thing I, I try to, I, I haven't been very good at. I'm curious how you do it. Oh, I think you nailed it with your exercise. I think that's probably one of the big things that, that you got to do. You know, you got you to get out and, and do some other stuff. And, and I, I think that's probably the big one for me is if I can, if I can do some other things. I try to do sports that, that, take, that take a lot of focus. Like fly fishing for me is one of those. Gotcha. Because when I'm fly fishing, I'm not thinking about other stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, you it's leave like, work you behind. Gotta, you leave the stresses yeah. behind. Yeah. And, and so if I can find other activities that allow me to kind of take my mind off of it and, and hunting's that way too, as you know, um, but fly fishing really is one that way because That's when cool. you're in the river, you're, you're, you're focused on that. So yeah, I, look, I, I, I just, you just deal with it because it, it's part of life. And I think it's how, how you, you think about stress. And I, you, you know, I look at it as like, it's just part of my job. Yeah. And so if I let it get me down, then it will. Yeah. Otherwise, I can turn. I can turn it and say, "Okay, why am I stressed, and how do I need to deal with this and make yeah. this, you know, different?" How, how, how can I tackle this? How can I fix it? What can I control? What can I not control? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's gotta, cool. Got to compartmentalize it a little bit. There you go. No, thanks for sharing that. All right, we're going to transit segue to a segment I like to call "Quick Draw." So, okay. you, don't, you don't get a ton of time to think about this. You just got to answer questions. You can expand on them if you want, but here we go. Okay. All, All right. right, here we go. Pepsi or Coke? Neither. Neither. Okay. What, what do you drink? Uh, I, I drink water mainly, but oh, that um, is impressive. That you know is... What? I mean, if you make me pick a soft drink, I'm going Fresca. You're kidding. I'm going Fresca. All Fresca. Way. Huh? Oh I... yeah. Give me one of those. Right, that's it. I, I don't drink soda either. So <laughs> I just don't drink soda. So I never drink any of them. That's, imp- that's impressive. Maybe you are more of a fitness guy than you're leading on here right now. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in that, man. I'm too old for that. I, I there's no way I can drink that stuff. Good for you. Okay, next question. Death by a grizzly or death by a shark? Grizzly. Why? 
I, I, I want to at least see him. <laughs> I, I, I want to at least see him coming. I mean, I know I'm going to lose either, either one, but give me a, just let me see him coming at least. Yeah, that's funny. It's, it's the unknown of not knowing when it's going to hit you, huh? Yeah, I don't want to be just like swimming along and boom. But, but wouldn't, wouldn't a grizzly hurt worse? I feel I like you'd know. bleed out with a shark, shark. like you'd, you'd like faint or something. You'd, it'd be like torture with a grizzly. I know, I know. But... All right, next one. Pepperoni pizza or Hawaiian? Pepperoni. Mule deer or elk? Mm. Wow. Mule deer. Why? I don't know. I love hunting them. I, I just, I really enjoy hunting mule deer. It's, it's so close, it's hard to pick. But mule deer probably for me. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Mark Five HD or VX Six? VX Six. Why? I'm 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 a I'm a rear focal guy. I, I think from a hunting perspective, having a, a rear focal just works for me better. I like my reticle to stay the same size, and I love the feature sets we have. And that Mark Five is insane. It's a great yeah, scope, but for me, I'm favorite. I'm gonna stay rear, I'm staying rear focal. Yeah, gotcha. I'm just a Mark Five guy, man. For whatever reason, Mark Five is my yeah. Mark Five is my jam. I get it. And it's taken over the world, man. That thing is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oregon Ducks or the Beavers? Neither. Arizona oh. State Sun Devils. Okay. I was going to ask. I didn't know what your team was, but Arizona State, huh? Is that where you went? Yep. Uh, I went there a couple years. Yeah, I did. First couple years. Cool. I, I ended up graduating from, from from Pepperdine, but I went there my first couple years. Nice, nice. And all my all my kids have gone there and family, and so I'm a I'm a Sun Devil. Sun Devil through and through. Got it. Yep. Okay. Basketball or football? For what? Play or watch? Both. Mm. I'd probably rather play basketball now, um, although I love football, and I'd probably rather watch. I definitely rather watch football. Yeah, there's nothing quite like 100%. playing under the lights, though. Like when you're younger, though, right? No, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's good it's stuff. Great. Okay, all right. What's your dream hunt? My dream hunt? Um, man, I I, I don't go know. anywhere in the I, world. I, I, didn't matter I, the I, cost. Oh, uh, it'd probably be a bighorn sheep hunt, Colorado. That's, you know, kind of where I'm from, and I'd love to do a bighorn sheep hunt there. Colorado bighorn sheep. Yeah, Colorado bighorn would be right up there for me. But I, I, honestly, Eric, I, I, I say this all the time, and people kind of don't believe me, but, I, you know, it's the hunt I'm on. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter what it is. I just I, – I love, I, I love being out there. I love hunting. And so it can be, you know, from coyotes to ducks to, you know – doing an elk hunt it doesn't matter to me i just the one i'm on is the one i love i i just i absolutely love doing it yeah no that's a that's a great answer actually um i mean that that speaks to your focus and 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 that you're a well-rounded outdoorsman i like that what's your most memorable hunt um well i got a bunch of them i've been really lucky i mean colin and i we we killed a mule deer together in in colorado which is a really nice mule deer uh plus 200 mule deer so that that oh, was, wow. was just fun fun having him him there and and that was that was a cool hunt and one of our with one of our good buddies russell mcclennan um he ended up killing a mule deer as well so we we really enjoyed that i, I you know i i got a chance to hunt public land with with uh with randy newberg and in, in new mexico and we had this kind of this epic epic hunt and, i saw that you guys and, killed a bull in a hole didn't you oh dude it was insane it, it's worse <laughs> it was worse it was worse than it looked yeah. <laughs> on the on the yeah so that was an epic one for me that was really That's good cool. um yeah and then you know my wife tracy and i for our honeymoon we went to new zealand and wow. hunted and it's a different type of hunting but that we called sure. it a hunting moon and uh <laughs> and it was awesome we had such it was a great great trip so 
I can't, I can't give you one. There's just been, been so many. That, that must be a good lucky. lady if you convinced her that a hunting trip was a honeymoon. <laughs> Either that or yeah. you're a really good salesman, man. Yeah, she's – no, she hunts. She's legit. She is legit on her own. She doesn't need me. She killed an elk in New Mexico. She was on uh, the hunt too with Randy, right? I, I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, she okay. did. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, so, I didn't mean to cut you off there. She killed one in New Mexico as well this year. In, in New Mexico this year with my cousin, actually, who's an outfitter in New Mexico, Brett Gastonau. And, and uh, she she went on her own and did her did her deal. And, yeah, she's legit. That's, she can, she gets it done. That's pretty cool. I haven't heard the story about the 200-inch mule deer, though. When, what year was that? Uh wow! I have to look. It was a while ago. Pictures. Wasn't this year? Uh, I was uh, like, "How did uh, I not?" It see wasn't a picture? this year. No, okay. it wasn't this year. It was uh, it was a while ago. So I'm, I want to say it was probably seven years ago. Seven years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, you're CEO. You're busy. What? Uh, before we wrap this up, what's the future forecast look like at Loophole? Anything that you can talk about for 2022 or 2023 or? Moving well, forward. I mean, we you know we continue to bring out new product all the time. You know, this year we introduced the VX3, and we did that VX3 HD, and it's it's you know in illuminated. We've got a couple of different new radicals in it. It's a great product, a great value. You know, uh, that four and a half to fourteen that we have in that is just absolutely insane um, in terms of of what it offers. So that we we continue to come out with new binos and spotters, and and we're just you know our team just continues to innovate. So you're going to see a lot of new product from us. Um, our business has grown, but we want to continue to, to grow. Our performance eyewear has, has done extremely well, um, awesome. you know, and it's, you know, we manage glare really well. So why wouldn't we make the best uh, performance eyewear in the world? So we're, we're looking at all, on all those fronts of how do we continue to take our game to, to another level. Um, and you'll just keep seeing more of it. We're going to keep being consistent and we want to take care of our, our customers and, and uh, just appreciate everyone out there who's who's purchased our product and supported the Loophole brand because it's uh, we care and we appreciate it. That's awesome, man. The warranty you never need to use. That's right. That's awesome. I appreciate I appreciate you joining me, uh, guys. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and uh, leave us a review. Hit me with an email at eric at muleyfreak.com and uh, looking forward to catching you on the next one.